What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of our live Q&A show. Uh, this, of course, is with Dr. Rogers every single Tuesday night uh, as we, we're going to let people kind of gather in here. Dr. Rogers, how you doing, man? Hey, Ben. Good. How are you? I am. I'm, I'm wonderful. We're, we're obviously, um, we are testing out some, some different times. Uh, one of the things that we really love is, is interacting with people. So we're, we're trying to figure out where, uh, where's the best time for, for you guys. So, uh, so interact with us, let us know what you guys think of the seven o'clock start time. We're going to be, uh, testing over the, over the next couple weeks. We're going to try to make this super fun, uh, and, and see, uh, when the best time slot is, um, right now we're going to, we're going to go around seven and, and, uh, and hopefully bring you guys a lot of value. We had a lot of great questions, uh, all week long coming through on Instagram as well as Facebook in our, in our email. Uh, if you want to send in a question during the show, uh, but you don't want to put in the comments, uh, you can email info at performancemedicine.net. We have our team looking at that. Uh, as it comes in, uh, I myself will also be looking at it throughout the night. Um, and of course you can put your, your questions in the comments. Uh, we're going to spend generally spend around uh, 15 minutes on the, the questions that, <coughs> that, um, that came in during the week. And then we'll, we'll save the last 15, uh, for, for live questions. And, uh, Barbara, how's it going? Thank you for, for being here. Say hello guys. If you're with us. Say hello. We're gonna we're gonna get cranking here in a minute. Um, all right, Doctor Raj, you you ready to answer some questions? I may try. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see how this how this time slot does for you. Like, if your alertness is all there, like, you know, I, I'm sure you've had a, a little bit of coffee post work. No, I don't drink coffee this late, but I did ride my bike around a little bit around the neighborhood and. Got a little something, a salad to eat. So yeah, this is probably a better time for me as, and hopefully uh, everybody else as well. Cool. Cool. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get rolling. Brandy, how's it going? Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for saying hello. Um, first question is, uh, and this is going to be one where I mess up the words, uh, but how do you feel about ribelsis, trulicity or ozempic for weight loss only? Yeah, I mean, um, you, you you pronounce those very well. Thank you, um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I use all of them for weight loss. Um, you know, they're typically approved for diabetics, but um, you know, most overweight people are pre-diabetic or insulin resistant. So these are all drugs that um, are called GLP one agonist, and um, it's, it's called gluca- glucagon-like peptide. Um, one agonist. That means um, that they really work in three different ways. Uh, glucagon is, of course, a, a hormone secreted by the pancreas, um, kind of like insulin in a way, but the, in a way they have opposite um, uh, functions. But the bottom line is both of them act to all three of those. Rebelsis is an oral ozempic, really what it is. Trulicity is just kind of another GLP-1 agonist that um, is a different brand, a little different um, uh, type of chemical, but um, they all work. They're all GLP-1 agonists, which they actually how they work for weight loss is that they 
delay gastric emptying so you feel full longer. They help the pancreas secrete insulin to be more effective in controlling your blood sugars. Um, and they also decrease glucagon output from the liver, um, uh, or actually from the pancreas, which acts on the liver. So it really, when you take one of these, the Trulicity and Ozempic are once a week shots. The Ribelsis is a daily pill. Um, I've used all of them. I use all of them every day. I've probably used more Ozempic than any of it. Um, seems to work maybe a little bit better. The Ribelsis, you have to take it on an empty stomach and work your dose up uh, to be effective for weight loss. Um, the only side effect we really see too much from these is uh, a little bit of nausea occasionally. You can't take them if you've had pancreatitis or medullary cancer, cancer of the thyroid, which is extremely rare. But, um, and as a matter of fact, today, um, they announced the FDA has just approved um, a new medicine. Actually, it's Ozempic. It's a once-a-week shot. Um, they're going to call it Wegovi, and it's for um, just weight loss. It's the same thing, and you can use it in a, a lot higher dose than you can Ozempic. So um, a lot of people are saying, well, that's a game changer for weight loss, and it may be. I mean, the average weight loss in the studies are – um, 15%, sometimes up to 20%. So, um, you know, it'll be a game changer if it's affordable, if insurance companies will pay for it because these, all these drugs are pretty expensive. So it's a good way for people to lose weight. I mean, we've used it for, for this purpose for a couple of years. So it's nothing new to us, but, um, I certainly use these in non-diabetics. And now that the FDA has approved this Wegovi, um, assuming it's affordable or covered, then we're going to be using a lot of it too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great tool for weight loss. As you know, people need help with weight loss. It's a metabolic disease. It has to be treated. Uh, you can't just tell somebody, just exercise more and eat less. That doesn't work. So it's a metabolic disorder that has to be treated. And this is certainly a great tool to help you get there. Yeah, and, and we actually, you know, we did have, uh, we had a YouTube video on Wegovi. Um, the FDA approval uh, happened uh, within the last couple of days. Uh, so there is a, a video of, of Dr. Rogers talking about that specifically. If you guys want to, uh, after this show, head over to YouTube if you're not already on YouTube. That's uh, the latest video up. It's called... Uh, a game changer for weight loss, um, I believe. But but you're right. You've been using that for weight loss for a long time. And uh, in in that video, uh, you talk quite a bit about the GLP ones, agonists, and how that works with glucagon, etc. Uh, Katie, what's going on? Robin, what's going on? Lisa, uh, how's it going? Thank you guys for for hanging out. Always good to to see uh, a couple of our couple of our team members on there. Robin's our nurse practitioner in the Knoxville office. Katie, of course, is our op operations manager. She manages all the practices, so we're glad to have you on here. Um, okay, let's get to this next one, guys. I just started taking L-theanine at night. What do you think is a good dosage? Um, yeah, I love L-theanine, too. It comes in a product we have in our offices uh, called stress relief and it has l-theanine and lemon balm and l-theanine is really a derivative of green tea um it's part of it and it it uh, tends to just 
make you calm. It kind of balances your adrenals out a little bit, probably lowers your cortisol levels. I think 200 milligrams, a good dose. You can even take it twice a day. So um, 200 milligram twice a day, or if you just need it to relax at night, just take 200 milligrams at night, but it's very safe. It works very well. I like it a lot. Um, sometimes I'll take a little dose of L-theanine before I get on a plane just to relax me a little bit. So I do like, uh, I like L-theanine. It's a great adrenal adaptogen. So 200 milligram at night. You mentioned L-theanine um, when a question was asked about, um, what was that? Uh, it was, it was an adrenal adaptogen. It was ashwagandha. It was ashwagandha. Yeah. And, uh, I think that you had taken ashwagandha at some point as long as, as well as rhodiola, but you're pretty right. consistent with L-theanine. Yeah, that's probably my favorite just to relax you, you know, um, but certainly rhodiola and ashwagandha are other types of adrenal adaptogens, meaning they'll help balance your adrenals out, whether it's high or low. Uh, they work pretty well, you know, cool. it's certainly a lot safer than having to get on a prescription benzo or something like that. So. Super cool. Um, Motaz, what's going up? We're going to get to your question here in a second, as well as you, Barbara. Jasmine, of course, our lovely esthetician in the Knoxville office. Thank you for, for hanging out tonight with us. Um, all right, let's get to, to number three here. Um, is MCT oil a good source of the fat you recommend? How much is a good dose per day? That was asked on Facebook. Thank you for that question. What's your thoughts, Doc? Yeah, I like MCT oil. You know, it's medium chain triglycerides is what it it stands for. And it's really a, just a fine, a finer derivative of coconut oil is what it is. It's more refined and, and pure, I guess you'd say. But yeah, I think, you know, I love to put it in things like um, a smoothie or something. Um, you can just, if you can, you can just down a tablespoon of it every day and it will really help you. Um, but I do like MCT oil. It's one of my favorite good fats that uh, kind of helps you, helps your brain, helps your energy levels, helps you stay a little full. It's, it's just a great little um, food. That's what are, it is. Are you consistent with that out of curiosity? Um, I used to be real consistent with it, but I, I, I'm not as consistent with it as I used to be. I'll, I'll admit you know, I used to use it on bulletproof coffee every day, but since I started fast intermittent fasting about a year ago, um, I don't do anything but black coffee in the morning. So I don't mix all the other stuff in it because I think it hampers if you're trying to burn fat, I think it hampers that if you uh, drink that in the morning. So I will still drink it in the afternoon when I use that window of eating and that's that's it's actually uh we, we got a follow-up question to the mct oil question about bulletproof and oh. uh the question was bulletproof coffee worth the hype and uh and i do remember you were you were pretty religious about bulletproof coffee until um and, until you started getting really serious about the intermittent fasting why don't you kind yeah. of walk us through that um well you know, I used to use Bulletproof Coffee every morning. As we know, coffee is very good for you in most cases. Um, because it's a great antioxidant and it wakes you up. Um, yeah, you know, it's the most commonly used drug in the world, if you want to call it a drug, because it has caffeine that makes you alert. But 
uh, we talked about the benefits of coffee many times and how it may, you know, help um, stave off Alzheimer's and dementia, maybe. Uh, but it's, it's coffee in the right amount, unless you're drinking too much and it's making you get palpitations, is good for you. So three cups of coffee are, are very good for you, preferably um, organic mold-free coffee. But I used to, the, the idea is that you want good fats instead of carbs. And I certainly believe that an MCT oil is a great thing to put in your bulletproof coffee. Dave Asprey, think about his podcast, his books and all. But um, so I used to put grass-fed butter, MCT oil, uh, heavy whipping cream um, in my coffee in the morning, stirred up and you know, it was real thick. It was very filling. Um, but I kind of started noticing that, you know, I had this little bit of, for a skinny guy, you know, when a skinny guy starts getting a little bit of belly fat or roll, um, you know, you start taking notice. <laughs> so you don't want that. So um, I started thinking, you know, I'm not eating a whole lot of carbs. I'm eating good fats. Again, you could eat too much fat as well, but um, if you're trying to lose weight. But um, uh, so I read a lot about and researched intermittent fasting and decided to do that. And man, when you do that, you're burning your own fat. Think about it. When you're burning the fat from the MCT oil and the butter and the creamer that you're consuming with your coffee, your body's using that fat for energy instead of your own fat from around your gut. So when I cut that out, that little bit of fat on me, and I watched my body fat percentage go go way lower when I changed that and started doing intermittent fasting. Now, I'll still, uh, a lot of times, I'll drink one cup of coffee in the early afternoon. If I drink it too late, it keeps me up. But um, and, I'll, and I'll mix some stuff in with it at that time, including uh, some MCT oil, sometimes some keto collagen, um, and I really like it. Sometimes even some raw, uh, unpasteurized honey. I'll put a little bit of that in there. A little bit of sweetness in the afternoon. Certainly not during my fasting period, though. Don't so, even use an artificial sweetener during the fasting period. It'll throw it off. It throws your insulin levels off. So, uh, so, so go strict with it. Go strict with it. No artificial sweetener uh, in order to keep the fast. And I, I have right. a, a follow-up question because you only because you talk a lot about um, eating healthy fats and having fats as like a good use of um, a source of energy. So, right. but it doesn't. It's obviously better to burn your own fat instead of the the fat that you eat. So, how do you kind of um, make sense of both of that? Both of those? Because I'm kind of I'm seeing the advantages of eating of eating healthy fats, but I'm also seeing the advantages of, of wanting to put your body in a situation where you are burning your own fat. Yeah, well, you can't burn fat unless you eat fat. So you need to, most, the majority of your diet, you need energy. So you have to eat, of course, and you want that energy to be efficient. And when you eat fat, you're burning nine kilocalories per gram as compared to four with protein or carbs. So, and also fat keeps you full. So you won't tend to overeat. When you eat a lot of carbs, you're not, you're not ever full. Think about when you eat cereal, you, it doesn't fit, you get hungrier because it stimulates insulin release from your pancreas. Insulin is a fat storing hormone. It makes you crave carbs and store belly fat. When you eat fat, not only do you get more energy from it, it keeps you fuller 
and um, it, it, you won't crave carbs when you eat fat. So the majority of your diet should be good fats. Now, I hope that explains that. No, that, that actually, that, that actually perfectly answers my question because it, that, that helps me w- with whether or not to eat carbs versus fats. Uh, when you eat carbs, you're just going to want to eat more and more food is really the big. That's exactly right. Now, some people that, like you athletes that work out a lot, you do need some carbs. And the more you expend energy, you can afford to eat some carbs too. Um, so you don't have to cut them all out, but it all depends on your goal. I mean, are you trying to lose weight? If you're trying to lose weight, eat less carbs, do intermittent fasting, figure out your metabolism. Everybody's different. And that's a, it, that really goes to back to the Ozempic question. We've gotten a lot of questions about Ozempic and Wegovy as far as how long stay, you want to stay on it. A lot of it does depend on, on your goals. Um, so right. thank you for that question. That's a great question. Um, I'll remind everybody who's with us. We're getting ready to take live questions. We're going to uh, hang out for a while longer and answer questions live. So you can go ahead and put those in the comments. Uh, or you can email me uh, at info at performancemedicine.net. And we're going to go to our last question that came in throughout the week. And this was a really interesting one. I really appreciated this. Uh, it came in uh, just a few hours ago. Um, recently, my 13-year-old son has decided to eat keto. He is not overweight. Do you see any risk with this? Any issues with eliminating certain food groups at a young age? I found this fascinating. That's a great question. You know, also your 13 year old has gotten into health and, um, you know, I don't think I would recommend the 13 year old that's very healthy and not overweight, get overly obsessed with going keto. I, I just don't think that's a really good idea. You know, he's growing, he needs a lot of energy um, carbs give you quicker energy than fat or protein for sure. But, um, you know, I'd certainly keep a close eye on him. You know, you certainly don't want a young teenager in puberty to get over obsessed with getting too strict about their diet. Um, you certainly, I'm kind of glad they're looking at that stuff because he's probably seeing all the overweight kids at school and doesn't want to be like that. But, um, so I would emphasize more of a well-balanced, uh, eating pattern with a lot of vegetables and, and all, and of course meats, unless you're all vegetarians or vegans. Um, but, um, just, just be careful about it. I mean, he does have the right idea. You don't, you don't have very few patients that can really stay in ketosis anyway. So he may not even be in ketosis, you know. Um, you can prick your finger with a little um, monitor that will tell you uh, how many millimoles of ketosis you're actually in. And you're usually not going to get in it unless you're about 20 grams of carbs or less. Um, so um, I just don't want a 13-year-old to get too restrictive, especially when they're growing. And if they're expending a lot of energy, they're going to need some more carbs than an overweight adult's going to be. So there's two different things going on here here two different goals so just be careful about it and you know i'm glad they're looking at a healthy diet um but you know some kids will get obsessive about it a little bit you certainly don't want that um you know so caution 
that's caution, a, but it's, it's looking at things. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting question because you 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 certainly you know in my head I'm thinking, man, that's a great time to develop some of these habits because you know it's, it gets really difficult if you know if you don't have the habit of exercise and eating well, it's hard to break that as you get older. Um, so, so I think it's awesome that they're looking into it at this young of an age, but you're right. I think the, the risk would be, um, some of the obsessive behaviors and maybe getting too restrictive. Um, that's a tough balance and, um, and one that, you know, I, I don't really know, um, cause you certainly don't want to discourage it. Do you have a problem with, with intermittent fasting for, for kids of this age? Not really. Not really. Again, they don't have to do, people have different goals. You know, when you're young, you can afford to do things you can't afford to do when you get older and metabolic syndrome may set in. So, you know, I see, I see a lot of eating disorders more in girls than in guys, but, um, so I just don't like to get them, see them too strict. You know, that's, that's an age when you're growing a lot and you need a more of a balanced diet. You don't need to get crazy on either end of the spectrum. So I just be cautious, watch your growth patterns and, you know, your mood and everything else. You know, some kids that are growing real fast, maybe not should do intermittent fasting because they need that fuel. And you can do things as a kid that you cannot do it as an adult. You can get by with it because your metabolism is so fast, especially in the puberty area. So you just be careful about that, you know, and, uh, look at that pretty closely. Um, great question. That that's a, one of the a, best questions we've ever gotten. That's yeah, a really, really, really good question. Thank you for that. And uh, one I'm, I'm going to be thinking about just because that's a, it's a very interesting balance right there. And have the parents set a good example, you know, so if that's your kid, make sure you're um, not overweight and not, you know, not exercising or smoking or, you know, not sleeping, stressed out, uh, so make sure because kids really emulate their parents a lot and there's certain genetic traits that can be passed on. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, this idea of epigenetics is really, really fascinating to me. Um, it's crazy how things like that go. Um, do, you, do you remember when we had a, we were having a conversation with uh, Dr. Beckner and, um, and he mentioned, um, it's not genetics as much as it's your zip code and, yeah. uh, it's, it's what you're around like and, and what you're, what you're watching. And, and, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, this, this young kid has, has, a, a definitely good, uh, good role models. Um, but I found that yeah. I found it interesting about the zip code. You know, another interesting thing with epigenetics that's how your environment can actually kind of change your DNA. They did these studies with, um, I think it was, it may have been rats, I don't know, mice or something, some, some animal that their DNA closely resembles our human DNA. And they took them and they fed them a certain type of food. When they ate, when they went to that food, they tased them or shocked them somehow, made it a very ple unpleasant experience when they ate that food. And then um, their offspring, when they were born, they, had, they, they didn't have that treatment, shock treatment, but they would not eat the food that their parents. 
and you know they weren't even around their parents so somehow that got in there that they were scared to eat that food and they didn't have that um you know stimulus isn't that isn't that kind of strange no it's it's wild it's 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 truly wild and and uh it, it you know in the environment you're you're in really matters yeah, maybe a scientist like motaz or somebody could figure that one out for us but it's going to take somebody really smart you know somebody with a phd or something that works with sales and you know goes out to easter island and tries to figure things out with things like rapamycin and things and we you know like we, dr sinclair at harvard uh, who wrote the book lifespan motaz needs to read that book Motaz, read that book, and if and if you have the answer, go ahead and, and put it in the comments so everybody can everybody yeah. can read it. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of smart people in here watching, and and uh, y'all's answers are as good or better than than ours. So so put them in there, and uh, and we're gonna go to the live portion. Uh, you know, what does everybody think about this time? I'm 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 kind of excited about this time slot uh, around 7:30 p.m. on on Tuesdays for the live Q and A. Uh, we really thrive on on the interaction and and getting to to hang out with you guys and and answer some questions live. So so thank you guys for 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 being here and sticking around. Uh, we're gonna go into the comments. Jessica, so good to have you here. Um, always a pleasure seeing you uh, in the comments. Uh, Tracy, you as well. What's going on? Katie with the D ribose comment. I love it. Not so much the bucket hat though. I didn't bring I didn't bring the bucket hat today um, because I I thought that would get me in trouble. Um, but, but I like you, the bucket hat. <laughs> um, Clarissa, what's going on? Uh, glad to have you guys here. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna get to it here. Let's start, uh, with Barbara's question and I am going to, uh, Barbara, tell me if I'm wrong. Can, can you take that if you have a pacemaker? I'm assuming this is, has to do with, um, Ozempic or Trulicity. Um, the first question, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong there in the comments, but that's, uh, my, I'm going to assume that doc, if, if she's talking about Uh, that with, um, with, uh, if you're talking about GLP one, like Ozempic or that, uh, yeah, yeah. There's no contraindication with a pacemaker. Okay. uh, For sure. Yeah. There's no, no problem at all with that. And, uh, what about L-theanine? Would that, would that be? No, no, fine. Okay. Okay. She, she was talking about the, the, um, the Ozempic, the GLP ones. Um, sounds like there's no problem at all with that, Barbara. No. Um, thank you for that question. All right. We're going to go in Let's see here. Motaz has a question, I believe. Um, okay. I was about to ask you about your opinion treating weight loss in this manner. And if it merits such treatments, um, I guess this isn't a question, Motaz. That's a, um, I guess that's affirmation that, that you're on to something, Dr. Rogers. Motaz is a great uh, affirmation guy. You know, <laughs> he, loves, he loves what we do, and uh, he's always so positive, you know. I mean, he's a Ph.D. scientist. I love it. I love it when now. Motaz is here. I don't know. I, do too. I wish Motaz would do some more research on, you know, Easter Island and about rapamycin and some of these anti-aging drugs. And uh, You've been, you've been I mean, into rapamycin. You've been, you've been, you've mentioned that to me a couple different times over the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Sometime we'll have a podcast on rapamycin. It's not really available yet, 
mainstream. But uh, it's, it's, I, do have, I do have a patient that goes to New York and sees a doctor up there, and he gets it from New York. Interesting. This is a Knoxville patient, but um, it's crazy the, the way that stuff works. You know, it doesn't come in, come without side effects, but it may be a true breakthrough with aging. But believe me, if it if it's legit, I'll know about it. So we'll have to talk more about that. And uh, we're going to get to Brandy's question. Brandy, thank you for for hanging out and 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 asking the question here. Uh, what are uses and benefits of compounded? oxytocin nasal spray in trochies. I have read information on it and chronic pain like arthritis, weight loss, and more. Um, have we prescribed it for any patients? Yeah, we use oxytocin all the time. Um, we don't really use it for weight loss or arthritis. You know, I don't know. If it's a feel-good. Oxytocin is an interesting hormone. Um, and it's really produced several different occasions when um, you're pregnant and um, the, the hormone that causes uterine contractions to push, help push the baby out is oxytocin. That's why when we deliver babies, we, if they won't have a sustained labor on their own, we, we used to call it pitting them out. We pitocin, give them pitocin and it stimulates uterine contractions. It also is a hormone that's released, um, uh, by the mom um, uh, when milk letdown occurs to breastfeed babies. It has a lot to do with orgasms. It, it, uh, it's a pretty interesting hormone. It's been called the hugging hormone. Mm -hmm. um, so we use it a lot um, for uh, men and women, more women than men, uh, I think. Uh, it just calms them down, helps their moods. Um, it's a pretty chill little hormone that has a lot of effects. You can do it uh, sublingual. You can do it by nasal spray. Um, but yeah, oxytocin is a cool little um, hormone that uh, is, is very safe. I've never seen anybody have a side effect from it. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I've never seen that. You use, so, use it for um, arthritis and weight loss? No, I've never seen it used for that. Um, if it makes your mood better and makes you feel better, maybe it has a few pleasant side effects that may result from uh, maybe you're having your body produce its own endorphins, kind of like uh, low dose naltrexone works. We use that a lot for pain and, and uh, things like that. But for weight loss, I don't know, you know, I like some feedback on it, but I haven't really used it for that. Hmm. Super interesting. Great question there, Brandy. Um, okay. Jessica has a question about uh, MCT oil. Uh, what's an alternative to MCT oil if it disagrees with you? You could use flaxseed oil or flax seeds, um, just, you know, coconut oil, olive oil, um, avocado oil. You could try one of those, but you're right. Some people don't tolerate. I honestly, I've things. never, I've never been able to uh, tolerate MCT oil. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's some people, if you get too much of it, it may give you a little bit of diarrhea. Yeah. Stool, so. Um, uh, so you might want to look at that, especially if you have a lot of gut problems. Um, so, um, think about that. Think about your gut balance too. Think about leaky gut, etc. Take digest shield for sure. 
Um, so Tracy asked, can you check body fat percentage in your office? Um, I, yeah. I actually have a, a question about that. Um, how, how do you check body fat percentage? Cause there's a lot of different ways. Um, I've done it a few different ways. Um, what's going yeah, on? We, we, we do it in our office with a little handheld machine that measures, uh, impedance, impedance. Uh, it's, um, kind of measures electrical charges and your body just hold it with your hands and it's pretty accurate. I think it's better than using calipers, which depends on mm-hmm. the user. I mean, the best ways, most accurate way to be get a, a, uh, something similar to a bone density scan, but it measures your body fat percentage, your muscle percentage. Of course that that's radiation. And, um, another way is to submerge yourself in, in pool of water. And that's the most accurate way, but yeah, th- these little things, these little things we have, we measure them every day in people. And, uh, they seem to be within a few percentage points, pretty accurate. Uh, you can certainly tell where you're headed. But, uh, Are you more into that than than BMI? Yeah, a lot. I don't like BMI. BMI is just weight for height. It's very inaccurate. And I like to just a simple measure is waist to hip ratio. You know, if you have belly fat, you know, a man should have one-to-one measurements in your hip and waist. Women should have 0.8 or less um, because their hips are generally a little bit wider. So look at your belly fat. And uh, certainly, yeah, come in any of our offices. We have we have the uh, the body fat percentage measurements available. Super cool. Thank you for that question, Tracy. Um, it looks like if I'm missing somebody, let me know. It looks like we're uh, almost out of questions here. I just want to thank everybody for uh, for hanging out with us on a Tuesday evening. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to stick with, you know, around this time slot, it's going to be, you know, probably in between seven and eight on Tuesdays. We're going to answer questions. And, uh, of course, we're taking uh, questions all week uh, to put in this show. Uh, That's where the first, generally the first four or five come from. Uh, And then we take live questions. We love um, getting to interact with you guys. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys being here and uh, spending either, you know, right before dinner or after dinner with us. Uh, Dr. Rogers, it looks like we are, um, oh, okay, here we go. I got some feedback. Brandy loves, Brandy loves this time. We're going to have to, I was hoping to get some good feedback on this because I, I like it better myself, but you know, I'm always rushed at five, five thirty after on a Tuesday at the office. I'm usually have stuff to do, patients to see and labs to look at, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I like the time. Well, I have to say, Katie, we think you're the best. Uh, we certainly appreciate you and everything that you're doing for all of the offices. Uh, and thank you for, for hanging out with us as well tonight. Um, always good to have, have the team in here. Saw Jasmine in there. We saw Robin, uh, some of the Knoxville crew. Thank you guys so much. Um, guys, we're going we're gonna to sign off here. Um, Barbara, okay, Barbara likes the, the time here. We're going to – this is great feedback, guys. We appreciate that. We're going we're gonna to stick between the, the 7 and 8 o'clock hour on Tuesdays. Um, Oh, hello, Deborah. Deborah, how's it going? Um, thank you for, for, for coming on, on here uh, uh, on your Tuesday evening. Um, so please give us some feedback in the, in, in the comments. Uh, we're going to sign off here.
uh, but we will be coming through it. And if you have if you have a question and you didn't catch us live, uh, put in the comments uh, of this video, or you can email us uh, at info at performancemedicine.net. It'll get on our next week's show. Uh, we have our diabetes Q&A. We have a diabetes-focused Q&A show every Thursday. Uh, we're most likely going to go between the 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock hour for that as well. Um, I will keep you guys posted on all of our socials. Uh, Dr. Rogers, as always, this is it's a blast getting to talk Thanks, to you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Have a great week, and I'll hope to see you soon, okay? Guys, we are signing off. This has been our live Q&A episode with Dr. Rogers. We appreciate y'all hanging out. Uh, we'll see y'all in a few days. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.